0: chapter 18, verses 36 and 37. It looks like everybody's turning there. Amen. Praise God. Now the booth person has turned there. Praise God. Reading in verse 36 says, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Reading once again in verse 37, it says, To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And we're going to preach to you and minister to you this thought today for this cause, for this cause. Father, we love you today, we praise you today, we honor you, Lord, we bless your name, we thank you, God, for your good word, Lord Jesus, that is able to save and deliver, Lord Jesus, that is able to divide asunder from the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Let your word go forth, O God, today in this place, and let your word speak to your people today. Let it minister, Lord, let it edify and lift up and challenge us and change us and cause us, O God. To look up to you, Lord Jesus, and to find what it is that we need to be doing in this kingdom in the last days. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this morning in Jesus' name. John 18.37 in the Amplified says, Pilate said unto him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say it. You speak correctly, for I am a king. Certainly I am a king. This is why I was born. And for this have I come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, who is a friend of the truth, who belongs to the truth, hears and listens to my voice. For this cause, Jesus was making a statement that has permeated time and eternity. He wasn't just making it the pilot, he was making it throughout time and eternity, and he said, for this cause, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world. And so Jesus had a cause. He had a purpose for being here, a very specific purpose. And there's a plethora of causes in our world today. Would you say, would you agree with that? There's a plethora. There's causes for everything. There's there's people for the ethical treatment of animals, or PETA. And we have Greenpeace, which is a group that's against anything that they deem to be that pollutes the environment. And we have groups like pro- and anti-abortion activists that will march and will protest in front of abortion clinics, and, and they're willing to go to jail if necessary for their cause. There's numerous social justice groups that advocate for everything from gun control to, to banning plastic straws, and those people that are part of those groups are very avid and they're very active and they're they're serious. They take their their what, what they advocate for very seriously. We have the American Heart Association, we have Juvenile Diabetes Foundation, we have. Uh, save the whales and save the tree frogs and, and all these other groups. And you, you kind of snicker and smile and laugh at that, but you go find somebody that's a part of that group and they are zealous about it. That's their cause and they're, they spend their time, money and energy in promotion of that cause for whatever it is. And if you were out yesterday driving around lacrosse, kind of over on West Avenue side by the Pepsi plant, you saw all kinds of people in pink T-shirts walking around out there. Some of you might have been out there. (laughs) And they were out there promoting their cause. What was the cause? Breast cancer awareness. Very worthy cause. And many of these causes, we laugh and chuckle at some of them. We want to save the tree frog and save the whales, but we don't want to save the babies, right? And so these causes, and some of us are, are, you know, we've had family members that have experienced things like breast cancer, and so we, we get involved or we've got a family member that's got juvenile diabetes, and so we go out and do that walk and we go out and we walk and we generate money and, and and things like that and we get behind that cause, right? And some of these groups they advocate for violence, in some cases to in in the ad in being advocating for their for their cause they will resort to violence they will resort to the physical violence of people, they'll destroy businesses, they'll throw rocks through windows, and, and all for the sake of their cause. Amen? And They'll vehemently stand for their cause, and they'll go to the nth degree, they'll spend every dollar and every dime of their own money, and they'll miss work, and they'll, they'll travel across the country. They had a thing a while back called the million man march, things like that that didn't ever turn into a million man march, but they had a, they, somebody was hoping that a million people would just get, get a hold of this thing and, and join and be a part of it. You know, we've had marches in Washington DC for the, for the abortion industry and millions of people showed up, right? And so we have, We need to advocate for some of these things, but is there a cause that's greater than that? And like I said, we laugh and we joke and we chuckle at these people taking a stand for some of this stuff, but, you know, at least they're taking a stand for something. You know, the old saying is, if you don't stand for something, what's the rest of it? You'll fall for anything. Right? And we, we today as the church, as the body of Christ, this is not going to be a long message. We have a cause that is much more important and much greater than all of these combined. Amen? And it's, it is the cause of souls. And that's what Jesus was saying. For this cause was I born. For this reason was I born. For this cause came I into the world that he would manifest truth. What truth? The truth that man is born into sin and shaped in iniquity and that man needs a Savior. And that there's a thing called the Word of God and that God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and it never changes, and that he was prophesied to be there and to be at that particular time for us. And he was telling the world and he was telling Pilate I'm here because God put me here. And if I wanted to call 12 legions of angels, if I had real followers, they would they would be up in arms. They wouldn't be letting me do this, go through this. They'd be getting me out of here. But I'm not trying to get out of this. Because he had he understood his cause. Moses was born and kept from the mass baby killing campaign in his day. His God-given destiny was to deliver God's people out of Egypt and to lead them to the promised land. Moses had a destiny. Moses had a calling. Moses had a cause that he was standing for. He stood for the cause of the people of Israel and became God's mouthpiece and willing vessel to promote God's people and God's holy law and to stand before Pharaoh and be persecuted and be ridiculed and mocked and all those things for the cause of the people of Israel, because that's what God called him to do. Joseph was born for one purpose. He didn't know it, but he was born for the purpose to suffer all the things that he had to suffer, his own brothers throwing him in the pit and then selling him to the slave traders. And he had those dreams, and he didn't understand those dreams, and he didn't realize what his purpose was until he got to that place where he was elevated from prison to second in command over all of, of Egypt. And God's hand was in that. And so his destiny, his cause that he was all about in his life was to be there not only to save his family, but to save all Israel. So God will elevate anybody. <clears throat> Esther was born and had to suffer the things that she suffered. She It sounds like she lost her parents if you read the story of Esther. And so she was being raised by her uncle Mordecai. And so she went through all of that and then on top of that the king says I want all the the young maidens in the in the kingdom to come and I'm going to choose a bride and she was a Jew and she didn't want to go. But Mordecai said go. Just don't 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 talk about your heritage. And so it comes to the place in that story where Mordecai says to her what does he say, Esther? How do you know that you haven't been born into the kingdom and brought to this place for such a time as this to stand for Israel? God sent a little lowly maiden who was an orphan to stand for for Israel, to stand for the Jews that were going to be annihilated if she hadn't been there. And so she had her cause. Mary was born for a cause and for a reason and a purpose for carrying the seed of our Savior. In her womb and suffering the reproach of being pregnant out of wedlock. But she stood for the cause. In spite of all that, she stood for the cause because she realized who it was that she was carrying and what was going on. And that included John the Baptist in that story as well. The twelve were called and chosen to be some of the men who would be, who would record the very stories, the very books that we read today. They recorded the life and death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Paul and these these other men recorded all of these epistles. And they were there at that time to be there for their their purpose and their goal in life. Little did they know was for that cause and for that purpose to write these books so that we would have something to live by today. There were men like Frank J. Eward and Howard Goss and many others in the early days of, of the, the early uh, 1900s, that were men that God used to to bring this this message of Pentecost back to life and to raise up preachers and churches and 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 all of this going on. These men, they were just men, but they got behind the cause. They got behind the purpose that they realized that this something was that what they were doing was bigger than them, and they didn't shrink away from it. Even the great apostle Paul was chosen and set apart for the purposes that God had ordained for him. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 26, verse 9. Acts 26, verse 9. I verily thought within myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. You see, Paul had a cause. As a Jew, as a as a a Pharisee, he had he stood for a cause, the cause of the Jewish religion, and he stood so vehemently for that cause that he he made this statement that I thought that that I that I should do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Next verse. Which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison. Having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them and punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad, that word mad right there means he was literally insane with the idea of doing away with these Jesus followers against them. I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Talk about a guy that's advocating for a cause, right? He was advocating and he believed it and he was, he was vehement and he was, he was devout and he, you know, nobody could question Paul. He was defending the Jewish religion. Whereupon as I went to Damascus, he was on his way doing the thing that he felt like he was called to do with authority and commission from the chief priest. And at midday, O king, you know, Jews at midday, they stopped at midday to pray. They would face toward the east, toward Jerusalem, and they would pray. Right? So, at midday, O king, I saw the way, a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun. You ever looked into the sun at noon? It's pretty bright. You can't look at it very long. It starts blinding you. So this was brighter than the sun shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and and a witness, both of the things which thou hast seen and of those things which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I send thee, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and them and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. God changed his cause, didn't he? God changed the thing that he was so vehement about, and God turned that energy in the opposite direction, and he said, you're going to work for me now. You're going to stand for my cause. And don't you know that Paul did that? With all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, he did that. Amen? And finally, Jesus came into this world for one specific purpose. You might say he was born to die. He was born to die. He came to die on the cross and to give us, mankind, a way to restore their relationship to him. And for this cause was I born. For this reason, as, as he said, was I born for this cause? Was I brought to this place? He knew. You know, and I'm not going to read it, but in, in the book of Matthew 16, uh, the book of Luke chapter 9, the book of Mark chapter 9, Jesus tells his disciples very specifically what is about to take place in his life. He lines it out in detail that he's going to be, crucified that he's going to be turned over to the jews and that he's going to be beaten and all these things and he knows this he knows this as flesh as humanity and we know that he knows it we know that he knew it because what did he do when he went to that mountain to pray he said father if there's any way this cup can pass from me any way that is there another way That I can stand for this cause and not have to go through all this pain, all this suffering, all this agony. And then what did he say? He said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. If this is what i got to do to stand for this cause, if this is what I have to go through, and we have to ask ourselves that same question, God, what is it that you're asking me to go through? for the sake and for the cause. I I had my wife put this picture up there with the people because I wanted us to understand that that's what our cause is. This is our cause. There's people right now out there walking. You know, I was driving uh, over to to, uh, the church yesterday for men's prayer and I saw all these people walking and I'm thinking, man, some of these people had to get up pretty early. To set up for this thing. And some of these people had to get up pretty early to get those little coolers of, of water and all. They had to, they had to really get up and, and had to plan ahead for this event that went on literally all day, I think. You know, and, and it wasn't just something they just did off the cuff. They made plans and they made arrangements to make sure everything went smoothly. And they had the city put cones up so that you could walk without getting hit by a car. I mean, they went to a lot of trouble for their cause, because that's what they believe in. And so I'm, I guess my question is, are we doing what we need to do for the cause of Christ? Or are we just going through the motion? One of the most famous instances in the Bible of someone giving everything they had for the cause, including putting their very life on the line, was David before anyone ever knew that he would be king he was stepping up and acting like a true king in first samuel 17 verse 23 first samuel 17:23 it says and he as he talked with them behold there came upon came up the champion the philistine uh, of gath goliath by name out of the armies of the philistines and spake according to the same words and david heard them And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Sometimes we feel like that in this world. We're so afraid to say anything, like like there's some giant standing there. And we need to just cast away our fear. Because there's a a cause greater than us that we have been asked to be a part of. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel as he come up, and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the man that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth the Philistine and taketh away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Man, that's a guy that's, that's motivated for his cause right there. Uh, that for a young boy to speak like that. And the people answered after this manner saying, so shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And here's what they thought. And Eliab, his eldest brother heard when he spake unto the men and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and he said, why camest thou down hither and with whom hast thou left those Few sheep in in the wilderness, I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see about. He was mocking him. We're going to be mocked for our stand for this cause. Amen. Because they're going to stand around you at work and they're going to talk about this that they like to do and their country music they like to listen to and all the stuff they like to do. And you're just going to feel like the lone ranger standing there. But you're going to have to stand up for what you believe in, and you're going to have to be willing and able to step outside of yourself and say, you know, there's a better way. When they say, well, what kind of music do you listen to? Don't be afraid to tell them. Well, why don't you laugh at the jokes? We need to be bold in faith, like David was. And David said, what have I now done? And I love this phrase, he says. Is there not a cause? What's he talking about? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered him again after the former manner. They didn't think he could do it. They didn't think he was worthy. He's just a little shepherd boy. They're all mighty soldiers. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And they all went, do what? Saul is sending for David. I thought we got rid of him. I thought we did, we talked him out of this foolishness of going up against this giant. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He was willing to step up to the cause. That's why David said, is there not a cause? Now we're talking about a, a young man that had, had defeated a bear and a lion. You know, we were talking about our faith this morning. And there probably came a moment when David was confronted with that bear. And he you know, he he, he was out there by himself. He had he was trying to exercise his faith, trying to trust God. He didn't know what life was going to be. He didn't had no idea what was getting ready to come into his life. And here comes this bear and he knows his job is out there to defend those sheep. And I I just believe that God spoke to his mind and said, David, pick up that stick and go over there and beat that bear. Right? And David probably said, excuse me? He had to trust that God was talking to him. And so David had to, had to have enough faith to pick up that stick and say, okay, God, this is not me. This is you. And he went over there and he defeated that bear. And after he defeated that bear, he got to, I man, man. <laughs> I'm bad now. So long God said, oh, really? He sent him a lion. What happened with the lion? God said, you're going to defeat this one, too. And David exercised his faith just a little bit more, and he defeated that lion. And he was like, yes, I serve a mighty God. And so when he went to take that food to his brothers, he saw that that Philistine, all in his mind he could see was just another wild animal. And he was like, if God can give me the strength to defeat two two of the largest and most fierce wild animals known to man, I can surely defeat that uncircumcised Philistine, he called him. Who dares? You know, we need to have that kind of attitude sometimes. Who dares? To mock the things of God. Who dares? You better not mock the things of God. He's going. You're going to stand before His judgment seat. We don't need to be sending people to hell. Okay? We don't need to be telling people, You're going to hell. It's not our choice. It's not our decision. But we do need to let Him know that there's going to come a day of judgment when you're going to stand before God for every idle word that you speak and every idle thing that you do. And I don't know about you. God, you know, God called us. He, he saved us. He brought us into this thing. He, he gave us the opportunity to submit ourselves at an altar of repentance and receive the Holy Ghost. He gave us the opportunity to take on His name and water baptism. And He didn't do that just so that we could sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We became a part of a cause that's greater than us. Because no one man can do this. And it seems insurmountable that we could win 51,000 people plus all the ones that come in for college. It seems insurmountable. There's no way that any one of us could do that. Really, there isn't. Except when we get behind the cause, we put our faith and trust in God, and we let him bring the increase. What did the first church do? They had a cause. They, they, they were brand new at that cause. They had no, they had no Bible college. They had no background. They were Jews and, and all they had was an experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus name. And they, they, the Bible says that they went out from house to house breaking bread and having fellowship and had favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church. But they had to be out doing something. They had to be out promoting the cause God knows the destiny of every person in this church. He knows what he's called you for. You've been called for something, for a ministry of some kind or another. Trust me when I tell you that. So the question is, have you have you tried to have you asked God? Have you sought the Lord, what is it I'm called to do, God? Or are we busy filling our life up with things that have nothing to do with the kingdom missing our calling missing our the, the thing that we've been called to do as part of this greater cause that's what jesus was talking about the cause of souls because jesus said i would that all men might be saved it's the will of god if if they would just if the people would just make because he gave us this this thing called choice, and if everybody in the city of Lacrosse, all 51,000, whatever is the population of the city of Lacrosse, if we could get every single one of them to make a decision to turn their life over to God, wouldn't that be wonderful? But the reality is, is that people are not going to make that decision. They're going to make another decision. But it's like that other uh, that brother that came here and preached. We all have an appointment. I can't remember his name. We all have an appointment. You got an appointment, and you're gonna be there. You're not getting out of it. Every one of those souls out there right now that, that's not within the sound of my voice that hasn't heard this truth yet, maybe I have an appointment. It wouldn't you know we have a destiny. It's not we God didn't save us to just be this little group right here. Right? Pastor Parker can't win all the souls in this city. There's no way. That's what we're here for. Amen? The cross of Christ is well worth our time, our effort, our money, and even our very lives. Let's stand in this place this morning. Every one of us already has a heavenly reward. You know, I want to make it to heaven. Don't you? But like I preached last Sunday, heaven is our goal, but souls are our purpose. That's what we were called for. That's what our purpose is. That's what we were saved, and if you want to say born into this truth for, was to be a worker. Amen? To be a laborer. He gave us a choice to stand for his cause today.